Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside a full crew: Alex Jefferson, Garrett Jacobs Meyer, and Joey Nagel. How we doing? We're back. Hello, everyone. We're back. The season is over. Joey has a nosebleed. Alex just woke up. We are fired up to talk some Red Sox today. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we haven't done an episode in a while. I don't think you can blame us. I don't think many people have really paid attention to this team in quite a bit because they really were nothing good. It was just all bad um, towards the end of the season. I couldn't tell you who was in their lineup. I couldn't tell you who was playing for the team. I turned on the game one time. Um, the, the last Red Sox game, I watched, well, I watched a little bit of the last game, but before that, the last one I watched, they gave up like an inside the park home run. I was like, yeah, all set with this. Um, then after that, I turned on the game and like Abraham Almonte was hitting and I was like, what are we doing? Um, yeah. So I just kind of stopped watching them. We were talking a little bit about how this is probably the least that we've watched or cared about the Red Sox in many, many years which is sad. Like that's not really what I wanted coming into this year, obviously as a Red Sox fan. And here we are seasons over, not in the playoffs, last place finish 78 and 84, the final record. Um, but the record doesn't tell the whole story like 78 and 84. You're like, okay, so maybe they put up a fight. They had some good games. Like it wasn't that bad, but what you watched on the field, on the TV was just totally a disaster the way that they found ways to lose games in the most horrendous ways possible on a baseball field, it was embarrassing. Like I, I was embarrassed to tell people I was a Red Sox fan because it'd be like, Oh, you must be having a rough year. Yeah, I am having a rough year because my team doesn't know how to play baseball. <laughs> it's like a little league team out there. It was rough. Um, I think, I think if you have to sum up like the season in like one play, to me, it's just – it's still the ball that, like, goes over Duran's head and Duran just, like – Yeah. Doesn't run after the ball. <laughs> just, yeah, him just standing there looking up, like, what happened. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at. The Duran yeah, turns Verdugo. around and watches it on the warning track while Verdugo's busting his ass to get over there. Yeah. To me, yeah, that's just, like, how the Red Sox season went. Like, that's just, like, a good sum in, like, one play. A hundred percent. It – it was a disaster. Oh, I have another around. play for for a candidate. The line drive off of Matt Strom where he breaks his wrist and fires it up the line. And then um, who is it in right field that throws it in, throws it into Franchi. Franchi just holds the ball while another run scores, and then we lose the game and get swept. Yep, that's a great one too. That, I, think, I think that was the play that turned the season into what it became. The thing is, though, there's an endless list of plays like that. I know. Those aren't just two little freak examples. Like, it goes on and on and on. It's unreal. It's just just comedy, honestly. It's just really funny. Yeah. Which is sad. I don't want to say that, but, like. It's true. It it, it is true. It's so bad you almost have to laugh. Otherwise, it's just straight painful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should go through our record against the AL East this year, especially the Blue Jays, because we played them the second to last series of the year, and then we got swept for the third straight time to go three and I think it was three and 16 in the season series. Yeah. 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 Um, I hate the Blue Jays. I'm so happy that they got bounced. They're chokers. 
Like yeah. the math. Yeah. Can we can we um, have a segment where I just go off on on Mets fans because I had a day on Twitter yesterday watching them get I saw that going down, yeah. We'll get I to was that. having the time. <laughs> now now I have to check Twitter. I haven't checked Twitter yeah, for a hot sec. Anyways, so, so yeah, no, the season is over. And so now it's our favorite time of the year where we get to look back and see how stupid we were at the beginning of the year. <laughs> uh, I I wrote down a bunch of, I went through the predictions episode and wrote down a bunch of our great quotes and some of the stuff that we said. Um, let's give credit where credit's due. Joey on Michael Walker, he kind of, he both was very wrong and nailed it at the same time because if you remember, he predicted Michael Walker to either be the best or the worst pitcher on the team. <laughs> Um, he said that expectations for Walker are so low, any ERA under 420 would be a success. Um, he also said that Walker looked comfortable in spring training and he likes the energy that he brings coming off the mound. So that's, that was a pretty good call there. Yeah, Joey. Joey also said that Michael Walker is a worse pitcher than Rich Hill and the worst pitcher in the rotation. Rich Hill was good this year. (laughs) sure uh, yep um, he was far from the problem that's for sure that's <laughs> true true um i was big on strom and Salamora being the best pitchers in our bullpen really locking things down Salamora was dfa'd and released <laughs> strom wasn't that bad strom was decent he wasn't incredible but he, he was good in, he was good until he got like kind of hurt and then he came back and yeah, but, um, yeah, Alex, I got one for you. You said Bobby Dahlbeck will finish top two on the team in homers. <laughs> he was close. Funny <laughs> enough, he definitely finished top five. That's sad. Yeah, that is sad. sad. Joey said Hansel Robles will be our closer. He'll figure it out. He's got the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> also DFA and released. Nice, Joey. Um, Red Sox or Garrett said the Red Sox will be far better than the Blue Jays. That's hilarious. Yeah, they won the same amount of playoff games. Yeah, we're in the same spot right now. So, um, we all kind of commonly agreed that the Yankees would finish in fourth. (laughs) Uh, I mean, take their second half record and maybe they're fourth. Actually, wait. Yeah, I think they would be. Probably. I don't know. They'll be close. be close there. Yeah. There you go. Um, This one's my favorite. I said that the Red Sox will have the best bullpen in the major leagues. Yeah, that's lit, Joe. That's lit. That's lit, Jason. Nice. <laughs> little off. I, I feel also like, said. I feel like at the beginning of the year, the bullpen wasn't even that bad. I feel like it was just like got worse and then it got worse. It's so yeah. weird how many like storylines we had this year, like storylines as to what, like the reason why our team sucks. First, it was the bullpen blowing saves, and then guys couldn't play defense, and then it was everyone sucked. Then it was everything at the same time, yeah. Which kind of goes against this quote that I had. Regardless of how they do on the field, I think they will still be a really fun team to watch. <laughs> That is um, <laughs> quite the opposite yeah, that, of what happened. Many times this year, we said that this is the worst Red Sox team we've ever seen. <laughs> Did not have fun. Yeah, I think um, I think the, the the most comparable team 
that we can compare them to out of like what I can remember being alive for is the 2012 Sox. I would rather see the 2012 Sox than this team because at least at least Bobby V was entertaining when he got ejected over like nothing. Yeah, True. I feel like the 2012 and, Sox were funnier. <laughs> although that entire team hated each other. Yeah. We also did have um, Big Poppy, which is always just a saving grace. So I'll, I'll give you that. He got yeah. hurt that year, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Of course he did. He tore his Achilles, rounding second base on a home run. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Last quote I had, Yankees are just garbage. I predict them to win like 87 games. So, yeah. Well, they went from everyone saying they're going to shatter the single-season win record to not even winning 100 games. So, take that. Yeah, Yeah. good point. That's a good point. And now they have – who are they playing? Are they playing the Guardians? Yeah. They're going to lose too. No, they're not. They're not going to lose to the Guardians. They're going to lose – I believe in Terry Francona. I mean, I mean, I do too. But like, they have the like the AL Central's number. So, if the if the Yankees lose to the Cleveland Guardians in the playoffs, I will make, lose my I'll mind. I'll be so happy. I Red Sox season doesn't even matter at that point. That's still no. real. Yeah, I'm no longer rooting for anyone in the playoffs. I'm just rooting for whoever is playing the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our predictions weren't really that great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything I really want to talk about from the season, but um, I think we should talk about like who this falls on. Like, who is whose like fault is this? <laughs> yeah, like who are we like angry with? Are we angry with Heim? Are we angry with Alex Cora? Is it the players? Like, where where is the um the bulk of the problem, and how how do we? What do, like who who needs to like change what they're doing in order for there to be an improvement scene? Yeah, like what went what went wrong? Like down yeah. here in North Carolina, everyone finds out on the Red Sox guy. They're like, "Oh, what happened? Like, why'd you why'd you guys why are you so bad? Like, whose fault is it?" I think the answer isn't just one person. I think kind of so many things went wrong all at the same time. You look at injuries. We had a lot of injury problems this year. I mean, Chris Sale just kind of exploding again <laughs> um i mentioned this the other day in our group chat james paxton just doesn't exist he just garrett, never came back which is really I, funny <laughs> i think garrett has something to say no i'm just annoyed I, the injury thing is an, annoying but chris sale was always going to get hurt the guy always yeah. hurt. you said no, that I, yeah I, that's all i said I, that's that was my my only point at the beginning of the season is stop relying on that. And then you don't get anything out of it. It's just the way it goes. Wait. Yep. Yep. Well, um, going into the season, even before the injury started, there were still holes on this team. So oh, without a doubt. <clears throat> and my opinion, I, I feel like the person that you can really point a finger to is Heim Bloom, not to just hate on him. Like we have for the majority of the season at this point, but like you look at last year, you know, getting Hunter Renfro for nothing and getting Schwarber for nothing, really building a team that was that w- that came within two wins of the World Series. Everything went right. He couldn't miss last year. Every move he made was a fleece and he tried to do it again this year and he missed on every single one. Yeah, thanks. 
Um, I also think you can definitely, you could definitely point a finger at, um, at ownership just because like they definitely gave him very mixed messages around the trade deadline. Like, and I feel like that just like, I mean, we were, we were not horrible going into we were the trade only deadline. We were prepared of, to sell. Uh, well, we were three games out or something like that. And then we like half bought and half sold and we became. Did we not talk about this at the time? What is up with going half in and half out and then just wasting another year spending time doing getting nowhere, especially when you don't get to actually sign any of those guys that you need to sign. You made no progress with that. My guess is stupid. Then wanted to sell and ownership made him buy that. That's my guess because it was like, it was a, it was a total half measure. Um, None of it ever made sense, and you pissed off the players by doing so. Remember, Thanks. they won the next two games after the trade deadline, but when the players were interviewed after the games, it was like someone died when Christian Vasquez was traded. You pissed Bogarts off, and he still hasn't forgot about it. And, you know, you might have just shot yourself in the foot for free agency, but he was on Tom Karen's podcast last week to end the season – and they were talking about the Vasquez trade. And Bogarts still says it really hurts. We miss having him here. He was the best teammate. He was my best friend. And, you know, the, pro- the, the return we got for Vasquez, I'll always say it. It was a very good return. But you may have, in a way, traded Bogarts at the same time by really just letting him down and further detaching him from the team. I mean, if if you can't re-sign Bogarts this offseason, it is a team-wide failure. It is not – I don't think you can put that on one guy, but, like, Bogarts has, the, like, been here the longest. He's your, like, most definitive captain or whatever. He's, like, the biggest leader in your clubhouse. And, you like, if you throw him away for nothing, that's a really bad look. Yeah, I mean, it's been the narrative the whole entire year, even beyond this year. Devers, Bogarts, resign them, extend them, do it, and they haven't. And everyone's looking at the Red Sox now. No one cares about this year. No one cares about how the team did. The only thing Red Sox fans or anyone talks about is Xander and Rafi. Like, that's the only thing that actually matters. And you're right. If we fail to keep Bogarts, then it is an organizational failure as a whole. You just can't let that happen, especially as we've talked about over and over. You did it with Lester. You did it with Mookie. You just can't keep losing your homegrown stars like this. For what? Like you trade them to get someone who might be as good as them one day? You have that player right now. You have Xander Bogarts right now. Just give him the money. He is not only like the heart and soul of our team, but he's also one of the best shortstops in the league and in Red Sox history. Like, it yeah, doesn't I mean, make any sense to let him go. And he had like a, a very up and down year, but like he still, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but he still finished the season batting over 300. And he gave the team like the only fireworks at the end of the season. Like he hit that grand slam, like second to last game. Like he, he still was showing like the energy that you would expect a leader to show. And like, for what? Like he knew that there was no point in doing it, but he did it anyways because he's a good leader and a good player. And like if you lose that, you have a huge hole. It's not Plus, acceptable. 
Plus, if you lose that, then Rafael Devers is like his best friend. So what do you think your chances are of keeping Devers too at that point? Not great. Not as great as if you kept Bogarts too. Uh, I mean, the Red Sox have talked about this um, the past few days. Hyman Bloom said, until we get to after the World Series, there's a lot of other things we can plan for and not do. Extending Bogarts is something we can work on right away. So it seems like they want to do it. All right. Let's see it. They definitely yeah, do it want now. to yeah. do it, but they don't want to pay the price because it's another thing Bloom expensive. said in that interview was, we'd love to have Xander back at a contract that works both ways. Now, I obviously, I understand that that's the right answer to give, but it's it's a it's frustrating as a fan to hear that you should because when Sam Kennedy talks about the Bogart situation, he says we want him here, we're gonna do everything we can to have him here. But then you have the guy who's who's giving him that contract saying we want him here, but at the right price. Yeah, it's that's a good point. I think there I think there's a bit of a disconnect at this point. Um, it sure looks like it, and it's really frustrating as a fan because. Uh, the way I see it, if they don't get something done before the World Series, uh, he's going to hit the market, and who knows what happens. Yeah, some other team's probably going to swoop in and offer him the big bucks because that's what Someone happens. Will pay him for sure. Oh no! And doubt. Bogarts isn't necessarily going to take the highest bid. If the Sox give him a fair offer, if they give him fair market value, I think he would take less money to stay here because he wants to be here, and he said it time and time again. But the team's just turning a cold shoulder to him it doesn't make any sense there's some details that make me a little nervous like one is the report that came out beginning of the season or in the off season where we offered him what was it like four years 90 million or something that was way too low for Xander Bogarts it was insulting that's not a great sign um I don't know how much to read into this the whole like Alex Cora pulling Bogarts out in like the final game and Red Sox fans giving him like a goodbye send-off and they did that with JD too who's probably also not returning we'll get to that um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm nervous that he's not going to come back. I, I feel like right now, if I had to predict one way or the other, I'd probably put my money on Xander Bogart's not coming back to the Red Sox. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, as unfortunate as that is, I, I, it's not because it's not his fault. Like Bogart, it's nothing that Bogart's could have done. It's on the organization. Like, they have put in so much effort to <laughs> it's funny because they like they've put in more effort to like not extend him than they have to extend him. And like yeah, <laughs> they like they lowballed him and then like I mean he's his agent, like who's his agent? Is it Boris? Boris. I think so, yeah. Boris is like always gonna do the best to get the best for his players. Like, this is something we know, this is something we've like understood for a long time. Like, he's not gonna let Bogarts take a contract like that. Like, it is of no fault of Bogarts. Like, it's just the fact that this franchise is like got a G, like a, a GM who's going in one direction, ownership who wants to seem to go in another direction, and a roster that's built for something. It, it's not exactly it? clear. <laughs> it's not clear, but it's built. Yeah, Here's the frustrating I, part. Bogarts took that pay cut already, and he took it when he was 26 years old, 27. He went against Boris and took a pay cut to stay with the Red Sox during his prime. And now he puts one of the best years of his career was this year, even though he didn't hit home runs, he almost won a batting title by far his best defensive year ever. Yeah. And 
you're going to continue to lowball him, hoping he takes another hometown discount. This is the point where you give him his payday. He's been he deserves it. He deserves it. He's not taking another pay cut like that. That's it's not even fair to him too. It's not even and fair to offer that at this point. He'll take less money to stay here, but he won't take a pay cut if that makes sense. Yeah, because there are going to be teams like Philly with Dombrowski that are going to give him probably you know that Seager contract, but he's not necessarily looking for that. He's just looking for a fair deal for his position, mm-hmm. and the Sox haven't given him that yet. I. It's something that we've talked about all year. I don't even know what's left to say at this point other than just do it. Like you can talk about all the different sides of the 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 problem, but at the end of the day, the Red Sox just need to actually pull up their big boy pants, offer him some real money and keep him in Boston. Like you've had the past mistakes of you call it a mistake and call it whatever of John Lester, of Mookie Betts, but none of that matters right now. Right now the only thing that matters is what you can do now and that is Try to keep Bogart's endeavors because this team without Bogart's endeavors is not like good at all. Competitive in any way at all. The only reason we were competitive in any way this year was because of those two. Yeah. Not the same. Yeah. For many different reasons. Um, It's just. Even the Nesson booth was saying at the end of the season, they said, I I can't imagine the Sox let him go. Like Dave O'Brien was saying that if the Sox let Bogarts go, it's a complete shame and a disaster. Everyone you know, knows that. There's no one yeah. debating that. It's so Even commonly Abel known. Even Brian is saying this. Like, yeah. It makes no sense. It's a sense. no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. And I, it's going to be is, an interesting offseason. <laughs> this, this is going to have to be, like, Heim's going to have to put on, put on his, like, he's going to have to go out of his comfort zone and spend, like, and the other thing is, like, I mean, if you don't resign him, there's going to be public outrage in Boston. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I know, like, we always joke about how, like, we're like the best fans in the world because we are, but we we are we do have the tendency to get a little destructive. If Bogart <laughs> doesn't get resigned, like, I, I envision like a post 2018 Eagles like Super Bowl championship, like people are going to be destroying cars and like. It's just not going to be good. <laughs> I don't know because the city does not care about the Red Sox right now because this year that they had the lowest attendance in this ownership group's history. Yeah, and good. That, Whatever. If you're going to stink, if you're going to charge that much money in that place, if you're going to make tickets that expensive and hard to get, I, you got to pay for it somehow. And other clubs do do this. Other owners give a crap. Other owners get annoyed when their revenues are down because people aren't going. And it's about time that they don't rely on just us showing up because we like the sport, because our parents showed it to us and we have that passion for the team. And they actually give us the product that we deserve and we pay all that money to go there. God, it annoys me. That's the most fun part about being a Red Sox fan. They're they so- already raised the tickets for next year. Yep. 2%. Back it up with something. Make the product on the field acceptable. It was unacceptable this year. It Honestly, it doesn't even have to be World Series caliber. Just a competent baseball team that can it compete at a, a high level. It needs to be a winning team. A team that's fun to watch with guys who want to play. Yep. Yu Chang should not be playing shortstop for you in September. Abraham Almonte should not be in left field. It's it doesn't cut it in Boston. This doesn't. Well, and it's it. What's even wilder to me is like you you just name some guys that I've never heard of. (laughs) 
why are they getting reps at the major league level when, you know, like all you've done since you've got here, Heim, is acquire prospects? Like, where are they? Can I see them? Like, I saw Connor Wong play a little bit. I saw Reese McGuire play a little bit. I mean, he's not really a prospect, but I saw Casas play great when he was playing. Um, why can't why can't we see prospects that you've collected and, you know, talk so highly of in the majors? Like, it just why you- goes back to the what is the vision here? I haven't understood it the whole year. I just don't understand the vision. Like, you can be a rebuilding team where you're focused on prospects or you can be a competitive team where you're focused on winning now. But it seems like the Red Sox are just some weird in the middle. We don't know what we are. Here's a bunch of random 32 year old veterans that are just filling holes. They won't we, commit. It's like 2020 all over again. Yeah. It's That's it's true. so weird because they have like they have these guys that could definitely be like, you know, plug and plays. Like they have all these band-aids in the roster. And then they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna like also do this and like you know, promote this guy who's not ready and you know, force Bobby to stay up here way longer than he should have and wait to bring Casas up until there's like 15 20 games left in the season and you know instead let's let's throw these band-aid guys who are like in their 30s or like late 20s that aren't gonna make an impact next year or after like give them reps instead like that makes sense it just it doesn't make any sense yeah what one interesting what is interesting to me is the quote that came out whenever it came out a month ago two months ago when heim said to bogart's that we'll be much more competitive next year. That's still very interesting to me. It's weird to me that he kind of said that. That probably wasn't supposed to be leaked like that. But it's still weird to me that he said that at all. Like, that's almost admitting, like, yeah, we were not competitive at all this year. Like, we almost didn't try. We just kind of punted the ball. Next year, we're going we're gonna to actually try. And it'll be interesting to see what they actually do. It's if he's a- going to stick to that, if they're actually going to be competitive. It's going to be really key what he does this off season that's going to make or break everything it's probably one of the most important off seasons i would this may be a hot take this may be accurate i don't know this probably is the most important off season in our lifetimes for red sox fans yeah i would agree because think about it if bloom messes this up again he's out he's out he's gone mm-hmm. I, and you just set yourself back at least six years if you think about if you lose bogart's you know, you can look at it a simple way. His deal is going to be what, like six or seven years. You just set yourself back that amount of time because Meyer's plus, not coming anytime soon. Plus, there's so much work to do. Like, I was just kind of looking through this before this episode about all the different like holes that we're going to have next year. Our free agents are huge. Nathan Avaldi is a free agent. JD Martinez is a free agent. Michael Walker, Matt Strom, Rich Hill. So looking, <laughs> I was trying to come up with what a rotation might look like next year. And I was just sitting there blank for a little bit. Pavetta, that's kind of all you have right now. Sale, question mark. Paxson, question mark. Bayo, Winkowski, Seabold, Crawford, and that's all you have. Like, that's not that's not a rotation. I I had not heard that Heim had said that to Bogarts. That is one of the most, like, upsetting things that an owner can say. Like, there was still, like, a month or two left in the season, and he's just like, yeah. We'll be better next year. Like you gave up on the season when, when there was still like so much time left, and like you admitted to it, and like you didn't even try to like pretend that you were going to be competitive. You're just like, okay, whatever, we're done. 
I don't really hate it because like at least he's showing accountability. And at that point, everyone could see the writing on the wall. This team sucked. They did not stand a chance. <laughs> like, well, it's you know, just... is, is there, is there a point in holding out a false sense of hope at that point? Or do you just kind of mail it in and focus on next year? I, I, there's no way ever that I'm telling someone to give up on a season during the middle of the season or any Well, when did he say it? Um, it, doesn't it was matter. definitely after the trade deadline. Yeah. Well, after I the saw trade that deadline. Jesus, you just like moved for these pieces. What do you mean? They after the trade deadline, theoretically, you should still have hope. There's a clear disconnect between whether it's ownership in the front office or the front office and the players. There's some disconnect, and that needs to be solved this offseason. Yeah. Along with with all of our free agents. How but, I, I have a question. How how do we feel Cora fits into all this, and how do we feel about Cora? Like I know Heim has come out and said that Cora will be back next year. Like, how do you guys feel about that? There's only He's so much he can do when he gets no players. Like, yep. yeah, I agree. and he kind of uh, said that at the end of the year. I watched his press conference at the end of the year. He said, "You know, for the guys we had, we we gave it our all." But and I think. Your your question isn't whether we should keep Cora or not. It's whether Cora wants to be here or not. Because <laughs> true, like he doesn't want to be here for a rebuild. He can go anywhere else and contend and win a World Series. And again, what happens if we lose Bogarts and Devers? Those are his two favorite players, or like his kids. Like that's yeah, not great. It's... This organization makes me so mad. Yeah, that... yeah, and. They have a chance right now to kind of change that. They have a chance to make up for it um, and kind of win back fans because they've yeah. lost fans without a doubt this year. They've oh. lost a lot of people, a lot of people's trust, faith, interest, but they do have a chance to get that back. If they come out and they're like, yeah, we're signing Xander Bogars to a six-year deal. We just extended Rafael Devers eight years. We're going all in. We're going to be competitive again. People are going to come back, tune in, go to games. But if that doesn't happen, then I don't know why anyone would want to tune into this team right now. I think this year might be like obviously excluding 2020 because of the um like we couldn't go to games. I think this is the year that I've gone to the least amount of Red Sox games in my entire life. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I went to one and they got like skunked. Yeah, every game I went to, they got absolutely obliterated. <laughs> yeah, they stunk and I didn't like it last time I went, so I didn't go to a lot. Yeah, I like I was like, oh, I'm paying $55 for a, like a nosebleed. No. Yeah, I'm paying $60 to watch us have a, a lead in the ninth inning with two outs and then blow it and then lose by seven. Like, what are we doing? Never forget oh, that. Yeah, that Angels game. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I had a I had a breakdown that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, without because that was when we still had hope. By the end of oh, it was like, early in the season. I, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's funny because like if you kind of track our group chat and the activity that goes on like between the four of us, like you can see just like how disillusioned the four of us got like throughout the course of the season. Like we were all very engaged, like probably like up until the trade deadline. And I mean, you can say it with the podcast episodes too. But then like we just like. There were like I feel like you, you have to scroll so far back to see like a positive text that was sent in this group <laughs> chat about the, just in general, just be like, yes, like they did this or like something good happened. Like I'm not gonna lie, 
a couple weeks ago, I forgot that the season was still going on. The Red Sox were just so irrelevant in my life. Yep. Coming from the dude who runs a Red Sox fan page and Red Sox podcast, the Red Sox were irrelevant in my life. That says so much right there. And it's weird. I don't know if you guys felt this, but the day that the season ended, like I kind of got interest back. Like the fact that the season was just over, I was like, all right, now let's sign some people, see what happens. I did too. Yeah. Anyways, back to, I want to talk about, again, the, the 2023 team, what we're looking at right now. I got The rotation that I just mentioned is just god-awful. That's a mess. We need some guys god there. The lineup, there's some different things that I want to talk about. One thing, first off, is the catcher position. Like, obviously, we trade away Christian Vasquez. He will be a free agent if that's something we want to do. But how do we feel about Connor Wong and Reese McGuire? They played pretty well towards the end of the season, especially Reese McGuire. So my thing with Reese McGuire was I was I was just looking at some stats as I do, you know, big mm-hmm. stack guy over here. Um defensively, Reese McGuire was actually kind of solid. Like yeah, he's supposed to be one of the best pitch framers in the league. He also like could throw guys out, which is something Ploecki simply could not he's do. He's got a hose. RIP. He was a first round pick too, Reese McGuire, so like I, there's something there. And I mean Connor Wong, like he was like whenever he came up, I feel like I was excited to watch him play. Like there was some excitement there. Well, he and went like, on a tear in AAA right before he came up where he couldn't stop hitting homers. Yeah. Well, and I just I feel like, you know, he was part of the the bets trade, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been two or three years. Like you want to start seeing the fruits of your labor, like with that trade, like you might as well put your faith in this guy. Like if you, if you don't want to spend big at the catcher position, like you don't have to. And like, if you save that money, you can use it to sign guys that we actually like want and or need like to fill the holes that are here. Like, I feel like catcher is just not that pressing because I feel like they're both solid. Like they're they're not going to be great, but when have we, when was the last time we had a catcher who was like consistently making an offensive impact that was like, mind-blowing or like i mean like vasquez was obviously you know a great guy great clubhouse person but he was never like lighting up the stat sheet like consistently like he was very streaky pretty good yeah no not consistently but when it comes to a catcher i look more for defense because Mm -hmm. especially this year like i love kevin ploiecki but it's tough to watch him back there he's not he's not a very good defender and he just can't throw out runners i knew that every time someone with half decent speed got on first base they were gone and I think well, it puts with the us rest at of this lineup. You can afford for the catcher position to not be an amazing hitter. You're saving a lot of money, first off, with that position. As long as you don't have another hole in your lineup, like if you had Jackie still, he's he's like a second catcher in terms of offensive production. He's not going to get on base, whatever. You, he's just there for defense. I think with a lineup as good as this Sox lineup can be, you can you can afford to take a step back offensively if it means your two catchers are two of the best game callers, pitch framers, and defenders on the team or in the league. Well, let's not overlook their offense, too. Both of them are pretty solid offensively, too, so that's an even bigger bonus right there. Yeah, I mean, if they can be solid seven or eight guys, like, that's – I mean, isn't that not what most teams in the league, like, have at catcher? Like, Mm -hmm. if not worse. Exactly. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think, think, you know – I think the Red Sox should be saving their money on the catcher position and focusing on filling the holes that are actually like needed, like re-signing Devers and Bogarts and 
Closer, yeah. give me Edwin Diaz, please, please, whole please, new please, bullpen. please, 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 please. You need a whole <laughs> new bullpen. Bullpen. Just a and whole rotation. new pitching staff. Yeah. And they literally, they need to sign like 12 pitchers. <laughs> yeah. But that's the good thing. It, it, like the, the nice thing that the Sox have going for them right now is that they have a ton of free agents because they're in a position where they really don't need to bring many people back. Like maybe you bring back Nate. I think you should bring back Waka. But, well, let's talk about that. Should we yeah. bring back Nathan Avaldi? No. It all depends on the price. Not with the injuries, man. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't give him a qualifying offer because that's about 19. I wouldn't give him that. Well, he was I, making, what, 17 million a 17. year? I wouldn't even give him that. No. I, I would be, and you, you wouldn't think he's going to go less than that. I, I would be hesitant to give him 12, to be I'd honest him, with you. I'd give him two for 20. Maybe I don't think he'd take that. No, he wouldn't. No. Well, and he's also someone who wants to be here, but like we saw he was banged up this year and that Velo still hasn't come back. Yeah, well, I I'm worried about his health. I don't think I would resign him. I think right. he's done what he's needed to do for us. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he is one of the best kind of diamond in the rough finds in Red Sox history and we're we're always going to appreciate what he did for us. Mm-hmm. And that contract we signed him to, remember when that first got done everyone said Oh my God! I can't believe you paid Nathan Avaldi that much money. Yeah, and then he became an ace, it, and yeah. you had him for nothing. At this point, you got to go with Waka, right? I mean, that's yep. how I feel. I think you give Waka, you know, like a three-year deal, probably, because he's not going to be expensive at all. No, you probably well, you paid him seven this year. I'd say you double that, so maybe like three for fifty, something like that. I I wait. What happy. we paid him seven million this year? Yeah. I thought it was like three. Oh, wow. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like mad in spring training when we decided to spend it. This is also where the trade deadline screws us because we went over the luxury tax when all we had to do was move one of JD or Evaldi. Yeah. I'm and a little we, upset we didn't trade JD. I am, I am too, but I mean, it was nice to see him have his last great moment with the Sox hitting two home runs. Yeah, so let's talk about that. JD Martinez, yeah. did we re-sign him? No. No, he's going to be too expensive. Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't think he'd be that expensive, but I I know what's going to happen. I think he's going to go to the Dodgers and hit 40 home runs. I don't think so. I think his career is over. Like, I love J.D. Martinez, but he's 35. He's had injury troubles. This year, he only hit 16 homers. His power's down. Like, I just don't think he can be a guy who still hits for average, but I don't think his power's still there. And I think he's on the downswing of his career. In the league in doubles, which I was was about to say, he only hit 16 16 home runs, but he had like. I think whatever team gets him. That's pretty good. I saw someone make this point that JD should have, you really should have tried to trade him last offseason when his market doubled. More than yeah. double. when the yeah. NL added the DH, you would have been able to to move him somewhere for a pretty good return. And I understand why they didn't trade him at the deadline because teams weren't weren't willing to give up that much for him. But then that's where I turned to Evaldi, where like you could have moved him because besides Louis Castillo, he might have been the best right-handed pitcher on the market, even though he was not having Missed the best opportunity. Year Missed opportunity. Yep. Um, but yeah, again, I think the key is he's 35. He's had back problems. He's had leg problems. He's had all sorts of different injury issues. Doesn't play defense, whatever. That too. He's only a DH, which 
is probably going to become I want it, I don't know it's kind of like it, it doesn't quite make sense but I think it's going to come become less common like I think we're going to see less of the primary only play DH which yeah. is ironic because we have a nat, like a league wide DH spot now but I think that is just going to lead to more of guys kind of sliding in and out of that position. Yeah. We also it's, it's becoming like uh, what Cora likes to do. He'll DH Devers one day and then give him the next day off so that he's off his feet for two days, but he still plays right. in a game. Which is another reason to not keep JD is to have that flexibility like that. We also have so many like, like infield and like just prospects in general that are like on the offensive side of the ball. Like if you want like if you want to have Casas and Dahlback both up in the majors playing, like you can stick one of them at DH to give continue to give them regular reps. Like, right. and, like you just said, how Cora likes to use his DH. Like, it just doesn't make sense to keep like holding on to someone who's like, you know, aging. And when this team is clearly like the direction this team needs to go is younger. Like, mm-hmm. you've you've traded for all these prospects. You might as well use them. Yeah. Another guy I want to talk about, Bobby Dahlbeck. What do we do with Bobby D? Uh, This year was not anywhere close to what we wanted from him or expected from him. He finished in 317 at-bats. He finished with a 215 average, 12 homers, 39 RBIs, a 652 OPS. I think Bobby, you, I mean, you, you see, you saw what Costas, Costas did in such a small sample size. Costas you, you, is a starting first baseman. There's no question about that. At this yeah, point, you 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 got to trade Bobby if you can, and if not, you got to keep him in the minors until he figures it out. Like, I'm sorry. I was talking about this with someone. I just think Bobby's a guy that you that needs another look. He needs a different uh, team. Uh, Absolutely. Start. He can't really find that success here. I don't know if it's good for him or for us to keep him hanging around. Um, and I feel like that's probably the best for both sides. I, I agree. Fully, I don't really care what the return is for Dahlbeck. Yeah, absolutely. You you just you kind of need to just free up his spot on the forty man. Cut bait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get someone to pay um, his salary, and it doesn't matter what you get back. One more guy I want to talk about. I've seen some rumors floating about trading him potentially or something like that. Alex Verdugo. So he didn't have an amazing start to the season, but he finished a lot better. Um, he didn't play too bad. At, well, I mean, he wasn't incredible to start the season. At he, end he of the season, unlucky. he was batting over 300. He was great. 280 average is what he finished with. 11 homers, 74 RBIs, 733 OPS. Are we getting enough from Alex Verdugo? To me, Verdugo is like the only fun player. Like, like when I looked at the, the team at the end of the year, like the people who were like consistently playing, because I mean, like, you know, you had Bogart's endeavors out every once in a while and JD and stuff like that. How is Verdugo not someone that you want to keep? They have to free up his number. (laughs) Yeah, we need that number 99 for someone else. Yep. Yeah, I don't understand the whole trade Alex Verdugo narrative. I don't No, I I think that's just I think that's just bait. I like he had a slow start to the season, but his advanced numbers show that he was just getting really unlucky. He was hitting mm-hmm. the ball hard. He just wasn't finding the gaps. And, like, I think we actually saw, like, improvement out of him at points this year because he stopped trying to – it was kind of like Benny. He stopped trying to hit home runs. He was 
content with putting it in the gap, playing hard. And he had some great, like he, he put up a bunch of doubles in the second half. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, he's, I think he really started to find himself. Speaking of Benny, Andrew Benatendi's a free agent, just for the record. I, I was thinking about this too. If you did trade Verdugo and you want to replace him with an identical player, you would just sign Benny. That feels like going backwards. That feels, yeah, that doesn't feel make like a going whole backwards. lot of sense. But... Yeah. Uh, one last guy that I want to talk about. Oh, I just forgot about till now. Jaron Duran. What, what do we do with him? Disappointing year for Jaron Duran. Um, after running around, missing fly balls, yelling at fans, missing more fly balls, making <laughs> set, it really wasn't impressive. And I don't know. If I like him that much, um, although <laughs> he was a top I met someone, 50 prospect I met last year at my camp who was like, yo, I know Jaron Duran. And I was like, that's cool. But can you tell him to please be nicer? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, I know Jaron Duran trying to flex. And then you're like, eh, no, he's. A- well, it was right around the time, too. That's funny. funny. Yeah, I mean, but, um, I don't think Jaron Duran has a spot on the major league team right now. I think that's fair. Bob and Duran would really tear it up with the Cincinnati Reds. For who? Doesn't Just, matter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Little package deal. I mean, he's 26, and as a prospect, I thought he was going to be like the best player to ever play the game of baseball. A lot of people did. <laughs> yeah. I honestly give him another year in AAA, maybe. I don't know. See what he can uh, do. Oh, man. I think I think like he's getting old, especially when you just you come up to the big leagues and you've on several occasions just kind of lost it, whether that be on the field or off the field with like the fans. You yeah. shown, can't really play in Boston. He's we got to remember this. Boston's not for everyone. And I don't think Boston's for Duran. He can't hit. At all. He's, he's just not comfortable in the big leagues. He he's, he's even said that. He gives me very similar vibes to Jackie. Well, I, he was he hit really well in the minors. He's a four A player. He's 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 like Franchi, but I don't know. I just and you know he's you know his whole thing is that he's really fast, right? But despite being really <laughs> fast, yeah, he's he's really fast, but he, he like. Every time he like goes after a fly ball, I'm like, oh, he's taking the wrong route, or he's you know got a late jump. Like, it's just well, this is another like Red Sox flaw. He's an in he's an infielder by trade, and you stick him out in center field. Good luck. Like, I don't care how fast you are playing center field in the major leagues is really hard. And especially that's what when Sox you have did all of last year, they continue to play guys out of position. Especially when you have the triangle. And for the second year in a row, it comes back to bite you. When they said last year that they would focus on defense this year, they were borderline worse this year. Yeah, they were. They I had just don't certainly know. had more lowlights. We need Hunter just, Renfro. Hunter Renfro is not a great defender. He just had a he had a freaking cannon. <laughs> I don't understand why the Sox do that. They just like they always bring up. Pro, or they like change prospects positions in the minors and they it's not like a oh like second to short or like third to short or like left field to right field it's like yes you you played second base your whole life now you're going to play center field for us <laughs> and it, it 
it they saw it work with Mookie, and now they're like, oh, it is gonna work with every prospect we try it with. Yeah, yeah. well, part of the problem is all the Red Sox good prospects are infielders. Yeah, the two. They're just I said this earlier this week. They just stockpile these first and third basemen. What are you gonna do? Because those are your two positions that are set. It makes no <laughs> sense. You gotta and like my thing with prospects is I'm a little more aggressive when it comes to prospects. Like you know that more than half of them are not gonna ever work out. Right. Might as well trade them. And if they come back to bite you, like whatever. If you trade prospects for MLB ready talent, I think that's just as good. I agree. I mean, it's look safer. at all the dudes we're talking about right now. Bobby Dalbeck was a top prospect. Jaron Duran was a top prospect. Jeter Downs. Like, oh, don't bring, don't say his name. They hit only like 30% of the time. Well, they and like it's not like we have an impeccable minor league system. Like we we don't have the player development skills that like the Rays have. Like we just like it just doesn't work with us. Like, I don't know what well, it is. Plus, when we develop our players, we trade them away or don't assign them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Marcelo Meyer's going to leave us in 10 years. I'm scared. Yeah. He's a stud. All right. Do we want to get to uh, the questions? Though? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. I knew you were going to ask me. I was ready. I'm ready the whole time. I'm fired up. I'm yoked. You see this look at my face? You see this look at my eye? I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Let's get started, everyone. Let's get started with the first question from Luke Moya. Keep Matt Barnes. No. Yeah. You know they will. You know they will. They should. Why, but why they wouldn't will. you keep him if he's under contract? That's the way I look at it. Like, he actually did pitch well down the stretch. Because it was low stakes. He's great in low stakes. <laughs> he's like really one of the one from our he's team, probably yeah. one of the two guys in that bullpen worth keeping. Other one don't being care. Don't care. Get rid of him. He sucks. Don't care. He's trash kid. All right. Um, next question. Sean Casey asks, should we extend Devers or sign Bogey first? I feel like one move will prompt the next. Uh, you got to do Devers first. I mean, Bogart, Bogart's first. Wow. Um, Because Devers is still under contract for next season. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Bogart's I is agree. Not. Call me crazy, but I don't think that it's extremely important to even get the Devers deal done this offseason. I think that's more of something <laughs> you look at in spring training. Um, because you have to set an example first that the – like – um. If you, if you sign Bogarts and you pay him well, you kind of set that example to Devers. You it, you know, without having to pay him yet, you show him that, you know, at the end of the day, we know how good you are and we're going to commit to you. The only thing that scares me is if you save it till spring training and then you don't get it done in spring training and then you don't talk about it during the season and then you're kind of screwed when you get to the end of that season because then he's a free agent and anyone can talk to you. You get like a week to talk to him before that, but. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But also, if you're Devers, are you going to accept an offer at this point when you have a year to go until free agency? Aaron Judge just like see your value. value in a year. Not really, but I think Devers isn't going to accept the deal unless he sees like the Red Sox putting in the effort to like try and extend the guys that are already that he like exactly. wants to be here. Like yeah. when he see if yeah. he sees Bogart Stein, that's going to make him more inclined to resign. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Also, Devers said that he didn't have as good of a year as he wanted to. So maybe he's in the mindset, I don't want to sign a contract right now. I didn't play as good as I can. I'm going to see how this season goes and try to really get myself more money by playing even better. So that could be a possibility yeah. too. That's why you love Devers. He like he said he didn't play well and he had one of the best like and he was the best player on our team and it wasn't close. I don't know. I would give team, team MVP to, to Bogey. I really? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess when you take in defense, too. I, I Rafi had a good defensive year, too. I just think, well, I mean, Rafi was hurt at one point, so that kind of sets him back. Like, if he was healthy, he was probably going to hit 40 home runs. So and was Bogart. Also, he Bogart played through an injury, like, the final month of the, or two months of the season. Yeah. All right. Um. Your opinion on the best case scenario for Whitlock and Hope this the uh, Hauk this offseason? Um, hmm. they already said Hauk is going to stay in the bullpen. I think he belongs there for the rest of his career. He's not a starter. He's not a starter. Say also, they're so, going to do this Whitlock crap again. They're putting him in the rotation. I know they will. I'm glad that they actually made a statement on where they're going to put Hauk. At least they did that. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I like I understand that. They, at the end of the day, they really do want Whitlock to be a reliever, or I mean, a starter. But I think it depends. I think part of it also depends on like how free agency goes. Like, if they can like fill up their rotation and like they they show that they have faith in their like you know their young pitchers, like maybe we won't have to see Whitlock being a starter. But you know, yeah. that's it's dependent on what's going to happen this off season. I think. Am I the only one who's like slightly worried about that hip surgery? Yeah, I feel no, like hip surgery is like never a good thing. I mean, any surgery worries me for a player. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but especially like, hip for a pitcher. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, my thing know. with Whitlock is just commit. Either make him a starter and keep him a starter, or make him a reliever and keep him a reliever. Don't yeah, do this thing where he's in the bullpen and he's pitcher. in the rotation. It's just you got to commit to one. We've said it before, like baseball players are so routine oriented. They mm-hmm. need to know what, what they're going to do. Yep. All right. Um, not a baseball question, but how do we feel about Zappy? Uh, Patriots fans, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Zappy. He's Zappy nice. hour. Don't worry, be Zappy. Yeah. Zappy hour, illegal in Massachusetts. <laughs> um. I saw a tweet. I forget who said it. it was like stats or Katio or something. They're like the smartest thing Zappy can do is get Mac Jones back as fast as possible, then make thirty million dollars being a backup quarterback for the that. next fifteen years. Yeah. yeah, true, 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 true. The only thing I have to say about that is when we lost to the Packers, I got really sad and started watching Tom Brady Patriots highlights because I miss how fall, far we've fallen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sucks to be you guys. Um, you wish you had Cooper Rush. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll be good. Um, or Jalen. Yeah, he's by far the best Bama quarterback. Not even close. I'm uh, I won't say I'm out on Mac Jones, but I have been less than impressed. We'll see. Yeah. Um, what this do you think the rotation next year will look like? Hmm. What? Rotation. Rotation. Don't worry about that. What do we think the rotation uh, will look like next year? Bayo, Waka, that's about it. 
Because I don't even want Pavetta in the rotation next year. He was he was not very good. He was really bad against the AL East. I don't even want to talk about the rotation. I'm scared. It we need a lot of different dudes in there. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Go out and trade for Sandy. Al Contra? Yeah. Please. My mind jumped to Sandy Leone there. That's what, is, that's what I also both. thought. <laughs> both. Both. I want both. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, pitching question again. Uh, thoughts on Chris Sale? He's you made up the next year without him. He's a relative. Every year, Chris Sale's our secret weapon. They need to yeah, start like... listening to Garrett. <laughs> yeah, I love Chris Sale. I love Chris Sale, but prepare for life without him. That was so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. That was. Damn. <laughs> Prepare for life without him. Nice. Um, uh, is High and Bloom going to ruin the, the team for the next decade? He has the power to right now. He's, he's pretty darn close. It's going to make or break, make or break. I, I agree with Jason's take from earlier that this is the most important offseason in our lifetimes for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then one last question. <laughs> what was this abomination of a season and why did I watch so many games thinking we would win? Facts. Yeah. I don't have I don't any know. insight for you there. I only I, reason I watched the last series was because of that. Exactly. Rip. I don't. I don't think you can. <laughs> there is no answer. <laughs> I do not have. I do not have the answer for you. Quantified disappointment. Put into words. You mean to put them? Put my disappointment into words. Yeah. Somehow poetry. Immense. Yu Chang shortstop. Immense. Yu Chang MVP. Yeah. 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 Well, that's other right. questions. So, uh, <laughs> well, can I if do a you quick rant on the Mets, if you'd like, those pathetic phonies. <laughs> it's not about the Mets, bro. It's not. It never is. It's never been about the 101 Mets. games and you get bounced at home. Come on. By a Drew team who's Grisham missing their owns you. By by and you're missing a, a player who's supposedly like your you know and you're playing a team who doesn't have their franchise like star. DeGrom is leaving. Diaz is leaving. No more of that stupid annoying trumpet. I wrong, wrong. No, that's the best thing in baseball right no, now. No, it got old so sure? quick because Mets fans, they didn't. They to they be fair, I've seen it once. Their lifestyle, and then also Pete Alonso. Oh my god, I I hate Pete Alonso. He's such a hardo. Yeah, in the home run derby where he's like sitting there like meditating, meditating and deadlifting just to lose, <laughs> and then and then you see he elbowed Jerickson Profar in the back. Yeah, I did see that. That was totally intentional. Oh, also. Check my ears. Come on, guys. 
you're just grasping for straws. You had the umpires rubbing up Joe Musgrove's ears to find nothing. Yeah. The Mets are pathetic, and anyone who ever buys into them, you're just setting yourself up for the for the impending disappointment that is the New York Mets. Yeah, accurate. Pete Alonso's a hardo. He's a tool. And SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal out there. And they make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best seats to any sports, concert, show, event, anything else. And guess what, folks? Special deal for you today. You can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DOGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. Go to some football games. Go to some basketball's Basketball coming up. Hockey's game. coming up. UMass Rugby. UMass Rugby. Skidmore swimming and diving. UNCW club baseball in the middle school field. Did UMass you play at a middle school field? flag football. It doesn't have grass in the infield. <laughs> oh, it's like a softball thing? Yeah. Really? It's like all, it doesn't all have dirt. grass in the infield. Yeah, it's fine. That's sick, dude. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about Dan Sagerson real quick? Oh. Yeah, bye, buddy. Makes me sad. <laughs> bye, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um honestly probably one of the saddest parts of the season is the fact that Eck is just not coming back to the broadcast booth. I mean, I think we almost took him for granted in a way. We just kind of got used to hearing high cheese, bridge piece, pair of shoes, all that kind of, all those Eckisms. And it's going to be weird oh. not having him in the booth now. Red Sox can't keep anyone. They lost. <laughs> God, Red Sox so can't weird. keep anyone. No no broadcast. No play. <laughs> They're going to fumble the bag on Mike Monaco. Yep. What a shame. Uke's going to be like, way. all right, I'm going to go call games for the Yankees. I think They're probably going to lose the Peanuts guy. I love that dude. <laughs> Will Middlebrooks needs to be the new color commentator full time for Nesson. He's good. Yeah. He's nice. Or if we can somehow pull Kevin Millar away from MLB Network and make him like full time. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but no, Eck will be missed big time. It's the end it's of gonna, an era. It's, it's the end fine. of another era. I feel like we keep saying that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, feel, I don't I feel know. I think I think I kind of group Eck and Jerry and Don. I I group them all together because they're like they're OGs to us. I mean the yeah. last the last tie to like our childhood is probably TC at this point. I was I gonna say it's a, another piece of our childhood stabbed and kicked. Yeah, thrown off a cliff. He'll be back though. I'm excited Burned. for when he visits Fenway and he just like pops into the Nesson booth and oh makes yeah, me happy again. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get him on the pod, you know. Yeah. And we we, we have to only speak in Eck-ish. <laughs> only speak in Eck. Yeah. Only speak. So, Eck, what are you going to do in retirement with all the iron you've gotten in your career? How's it going, Denny Disco? <laughs> yeah. I think... All right. Uh, the most positive note to end it on is at least we're not the A's. 
Tristan Casas is really good. That's my positive thing to end. Tristan Casas is the saving grace of this team. Yep. He's legit. And he owns the Yankees already. He owns Garrett Cole. All right. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah. yeah. Snaps for that, Jason. Thank you for that. All right. Um, we actually will keep doing podcasts now that um, the pain is mainly over. Um, we'll see. I love the offseason pods. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into some fun topics too that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. We'll see you next time on the In the Dugout podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.